Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Reverend Steve Andrews. For today's text, it might be good to, before you read this text or after you read it either way, review Exodus chapter 16 because so much of today's text comes from that chapter. So, Numbers 11. And the people complained in the hearing of Yahweh about their misfortunes. And when Yahweh heard it, his anger was kindled. And the fire of Yahweh burned among them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses, and Moses prayed to Yahweh, and the fire died down. So the name of that place was called Taberah, because the fire of Yahweh burned among them. Now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving, and the people of Israel also wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat! We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Now the manna was like coriander seed, and its appearance like that of bedellium. The people went about and gathered it and ground it in hand mills, or beat it in mortars, and boiled it in pots, and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. When the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell with it. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their clans, everyone at the door of his tent, and the anger of Yahweh blazed hotly, and Moses was displeased. Moses said to Yahweh, Why have you dealt ill with your servant? Why have I not found favor in your sight, that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive all this people? Did I give them birth that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing child to the land that you swore to give their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give all this people? For they weep before me and say, give us meat that we may eat. I am not able to carry all this people alone. The burden is too heavy for me. If you will treat me like this, kill me at once. If I find favor in your sight, that I might that I may not see my wretchedness. Then Yahweh said to Moses, Gather for me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting, and let them take their stand there with you. And I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you may not bear it yourself alone. And say to the people, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, and you shall eat meat. For you have wept in the hearing of Yahweh, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it was better for us in Egypt. Therefore Yahweh will give you meat, and you shall eat. You shall not eat just one day, or two days, or five days, or ten days, or twenty days, but a whole month, until it comes out your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you because you have rejected Yahweh who is among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why did we come out of Egypt? But Moses said, The people among whom I am number six hundred, the people among whom I am number six hundred thousand on foot, and you have said, I will give them meat that they may eat a whole month. Shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them, and be enough for them? Or shall the fish of the sea be gathered together for them, and be enough for them? And Yahweh said to Moses, Is Yahweh's hand shortened? Now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. 
So Moses went out and told the people the words of Yahweh, and he gathered seventy men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Then Yahweh came down in the cloud and spoke to him, and took some of the spirit that was on him and put in put it on the seventy elders. And as soon as the spirit rested on, on them, they prophesied, but they did not continue doing it. Now two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad, and the spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent, and so they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth, said, My lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all Yahweh's people were prophets, that Yahweh would put his spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Then a wind from Yahweh sprang up, and it brought quail from the sea and let them fall beside the camp, about a day's journey on this side and a day's journey on the other side, around the camp and about two cubits above the ground. And the people rose all that day and all night and all the next day and gathered the quail. Those who gathered least gathered ten homers, and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. While the meat was yet between their teeth, before it was consumed, the anger of Yahweh was kindled against the people, and Yahweh struck down the people with a very great plague. Therefore the name of that place was called Kibroth Hatavah, because there they buried the people who had the craving. From Kibroth Hatavah the people journeyed to Hazaroth, and they remained at Hazaroth. This is a tough chapter in terms of just seeing the the wickedness of our sin, and in contrast, God's God's righteous and just anger against people that rebel against him, which is all of us. So as you dig into this text again, Exodus 16 is an important chapter to have in mind as we see it reflected really throughout the chapter numerous times. But let's go from the start of this chapter. So the people complain in the hearing of Yahweh. This has happened before. It happens again. Uh, they complain a lot as they wander the wilderness. We see it in the first year. Uh, it certainly continues to happen, but it's not reported to us as often. There's not as much focus on the 40 years of wilderness wandering as you move through the latter years of it. His anger was kindled. God's anger kindled amongst them. Now remember, the, the flame that is Yahweh the pillar of fire by night is present with them every day. And now this fire of God burns among them and consumes parts of their, well, the outlying parts of their camp. So God destroys God in his judgment, bringing wrath down upon this people because they have rejected him. They've rebelled against him. Their grumbling is about him and they're complaining about him. This is not good. Uh, the people cry out, Moses prays, and Yahweh calms the fires. He, he, he peels back on, on his wrath. And they name the place Taberah, which means burning in Hebrew. Verse 4 is interesting. I did pause briefly when I was reading it because I was trying to check my notes here. Um, who is this rabble? It could be. These are the non-Israelites that left Egypt during the exodus with the Israelites. Or it could just be a group of heavy complainers among Israel themselves. Hard to tell. 
and the, the phrase in there, and the people of Israel also wept, makes it sound like they're outsiders. I lean that way, but it's again, it's hard to say. The text does not very specifically say it's the Egyptians that left with them, although you can see that happening in, as they leave Egypt in Exodus chapter 12. Either way, is their recollection of Egypt correct? In verse 5, as they wish they had meat to eat, they remember how wonderful things were in Egypt. I mean, it may be true the fish were free because they could fish in the Nile. But was life really that grand? Was everything really that great for them? If it was, why'd they leave? If it was, why'd they cry out to God in the first place? Oh, the good old days. If only it could be like that. Exodus chapter 16 describes the manna for us, specifically verse 31. Manna is the Hebrew word, what is it? The people saw this gift from God on the ground that was to be their food for the next 40 years. They looked at it and they said, what is it? They said, manna, manna, however you want to remember, however they pronounce that. And that name stuck. And they continue to call it manna uh, moving forward. And the Exodus chapter 16 refers to it as like coriander seed, uh, tasting like wafers mixed with honey. Our description here in this chapter describes it as, as like bdellium, which is semi-transparent. And it's, it's, you know, as you look at it, and also tasting like cakes made with oil. So this is this is really dessert-like stuff. This is good stuff. This would be like God making you eat, insert your favorite dessert here, whether it's ice cream or cake or you know whatever it is, cotton candy, and it will healthily sustain you for 40 years. But it's all you're going to eat. That's it. And in our lack of contentment, which is a theme here, we would also grumble, wouldn't we? I mean, imagine complaining about God's provision for you, this wonderful gift that he's given. Well, wait. We do that every day ourselves. This is a spot where you can ask your children how. How do we complain about the gifts that God gives to us? When we grumble and complain about our parents or our siblings or our children, we're grumbling and complaining about a gift God has given to us. When our house isn't good enough, or our our clothing isn't good enough, or the food isn't good enough, when we grumble about these things, we're grumbling against the gifts that God has given to us. When we're not pleased with how things might be going in our church, or in our job, or you know, whatever, we're complaining about the gifts God has given to us. And yeah, we do a lot of that. So this is an opportunity for us to confess our sins, our lack of contentment, and pray that the Lord would help us to be content with what he provides. Now, verse 10, that paragraph, it's all of the people. I mean, Moses heard the weeping pe people weeping throughout their clans, everyone at the door of his tent. And God's anger blazes again, second time in the text. And now Moses complains. Moses goes to the Lord in prayer and essentially blames God for this. Uh, blames God for burdening him with these people. 
Did I conceive all this people? Did I give them birth that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom? And then, where am I to get the meat to give all this people? So you can see that the thrust of Moses' complaint, and, and this is this is a task that is too overwhelming for him. And then with the meat, that's one you can ask your kids about too. Who else talks this way to God? Where am I to get meat to give all this people? It's not meat, but food. In the New Testament, this is the disciples talking to Jesus. Even after they've seen him feed the 5,000 with a crowd of 4,000, they ask him this anyway. Where are we supposed to get food for all these people? Like they've forgotten. The connection here with the disciples on that is quite strong. Not trusting that the Lord can provide when the Lord promises that he will provide. Moses admits his weakness in verse 14, that he is not strong enough to bear this people by himself. The burden is too heavy. Now his response is verse 15, thinking, if, if this is the way you're going to treat me, kill me, that I may not see my wretchedness. Now there's two possibilities with that that Moses could mean. That could be a reference to his own temptations, his own sinful response to this people as they complain against him, how he might treat them in response. The other possibility, and the one I'm leaning towards, is the idea here that his wretchedness refers to what the people will do to him if he doesn't come through for them. If Moses doesn't somehow miraculously provide meat for them to eat, they're going to rebel against him, and it's not going to be pretty. I think it's that, but again, uh, those are two possibilities to consider. As we move into verse 16, that paragraph, we see... God showing mercy to Moses, and he agrees to alleviate the burden by spreading the, the load across 70 elders of Israel. Um, and he does that. We're going to see that in the next paragraph. But for now, uh, the promise is for meat, and it's not just meat for a day or 20 days. It's meat for a whole month until, verse 20, it becomes loathsome for you because you have rejected God's salvation. Right? Why did we come out of Egypt? That was God saving them by bringing them out of Pharaoh's oppression. They asked for it. They wanted it. God gives it to them, and now they despise God anyway. Now they turn against him anyway. So God is going to use this meat. He's going to provide for his people, but he's going to use it in a, in a form of punishment. He's going to make them eat so much meat that they're going to be sick of it. So that they learn the error of their ways, of their sinfulness. And again, verse 21, as Moses responds, where am I supposed to get all this meat? There aren't enough flocks and herds to feed all these people for a month. And the disciples, again, had the same reaction. I think it was Philip who asked Jesus the question, are we supposed to go into town and, and buy 200 denarii worth of bread to feed all these people with? Uh, 200 days worth of worth of pay the lack of trust and that's Yahweh's response is Yahweh's hand shortened so is 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 Yahweh's arm which he just saved you from Egypt with is it now crippled is it a withered hand that cannot provide now you will see whether my word will come true for you or not God's promise, will he fulfill it or will he not fulfill it?
The next two paragraphs are about the elders prophesying, the 70 men that were chosen. Um, they are filled with the Holy Spirit, and as they are, they prophesy, but they immediately stop afterwards because it's not their role. They're not called to be prophets. That they prophesied in the first place is that sign that they've received the Holy Spirit, that they've been filled by God, that they have been given his authority to lead over the people of Israel. And then you get Eldad and Medad, and they are two. The question is, are they two out of the 70, or is it two plus 70 to make 72? And, and they were registered, they were among those registered. It makes it sounds like they're two of the 70, but for some reason they didn't go out to the tent. They prophesy anyway. It's reported. Joshua says, stop. Moses, you got to stop them. But Moses will not. He wishes instead that all of God's people would prophesy. And then you get that phrase that Yahweh would put his spirit on them. This is another time to ask your children, when did God do this? When did God put his spirit on his people? And when does God do this? This is a reference to Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when God pours out his spirit on his church, and he continues to do that in the gift of baptism um, as he pours out his spirit on us and claims us as his own children. Uh, so that gift remains, even though prophesying in the, the sense of it here is not the same. We do still prophesy today, just again differently. We prophesy by speaking God's word, which he has given to us in the Bible. Uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ that we can share with others. Lastly, again, Exodus 16, we see the quail arrive. And this is interesting. Um, you might see this and wonder why God is angry. So first, there's quail on each side of the camp. They have to travel a uh, day's walk to go get it. And it's 36 inches deep, two cubits. A cubit's 18 inches, tip of your elbow to the tip of your middle finger. Uh, two cubits deep. This is like a massive edible snowstorm has fallen on both sides of their camp, and they can go out and gather as much as they want. And we read that the uh, Lord gets angry with them for their response here. So another time his anger is kindled, third time in the chapter. But why? Well, the person who gathered the least gathered 10 omers. I don't know. This feels like it's got to be a typo. I When I get these measurements, I always like my study Bible to be helpful for this because it'll put it in the footnotes how much those measurements mean. They gathered 10 homers, and the study Bible suggests one homer is six bushels. So imagine six big baskets, and they did 10 of those. So 60 big baskets for one person, or it's 220 liters. Uh, translating that, that's 58 gallons. 58 milk jugs, but that's only one. 10 of those, 581 milk jugs worth of meat for one person. It feels like it's got to be a typo, but that's the problem. God is angry with them because they did not respond to his gift of meat and thanksgiving. They responded with hoarding and coveting and greed to the gift that God gave. And so he burns against them. He sends a plague upon them, and they name the place Graves of Craving, Kibroth Hatava. We see more trouble in the text tomorrow. <laughs>